I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 171, in which we talk 2015 quilty resolutions. And I am recording this on New Year's Eve, December 31st, um, late afternoon, and I want to say Happy New Year's Eve to everybody. Um, I know some of my listeners have probably already celebrated New Year's Eve and gone to bed um, because of time zones, and they're quite a bit ahead of us. But the rest of us still have a few hours to go until that special chiming hour, which here in New York State, of course, we watch on TV the ball drop in Times Square. I know a lot of people around the world actually watch the ball drop in Times Square. Um, my husband's always wanted to be down in New York City for that event. I can imagine nothing worse. Not a big fan of crowds. I'm perfectly happy watching it on TV. Uh, we are going to my husband's aunt's house tonight. She's having an open house, so we're going to be going. Um, I think it starts around 7. We'll probably get there not too long after that. And we'll stay for a few hours, but we're not going to stay until midnight. I think my husband and I will probably come home. Um, around 10 or 10.30, we mostly, you know, we've gotten old enough, we hate driving on New Year's Eve with all the crazy people out there, so we're going to go home a little bit earlier than that and celebrate um, the actual stroke of midnight at home in front of the TV. <laughs> um, my daughter's going to take her own car because she may decide to stay later than us. I don't know, although I did warn her as well, be very careful driving home. That really makes me nervous. People are crazy. Um, Tomorrow, New Year's Day, quiet day all around. My nephew and his girlfriend are coming for dinner and to play games um, at dinner time. And then my son and his roommate are going to join us um, in the evening, probably around 8 o'clock after finishing their shifts at work. We, we started a tradition a few years back of playing Settlers of Catan on New Year's Day with my nephew and my son and my, a couple of my son's high school friends, one of which is now his roommate, um, and so we were trying to keep that tradition this year. Unfortunately, because of my son's new position at Best Buy, he works until close. He's a manager and he works until close most nights. Um, now, fortunately, they close a little earlier than normal on New Year's Day, but that means they're not going to get here probably until 8 or 9 o'clock at night um, to start playing Settlers of Catan. So there's actually a good chance tomorrow night I'll be up later than I will be tonight. Um, anyway, so that's New Year's Eve. I wanted to let you know, I know I promised that I would be doing a second half of episode 170. I'm going to do episode 170B, which is the travelogue, the rest of the trip to Burma. But I've discovered it's very hard to talk about briefly. I did record an episode doing just that earlier today and even trimmed down. It comes to two and a half hours and I just, I can't do that. I'm too much of an introvert. I get nervous when I even get to an hour. So I haven't decided what I'm going to do about it yet. <laughs> I may not end up doing one at all, and instead I'm going to be doing some blog posts and photo albums and stuff for work. I might just point you to those. I I don't know. Um, it's hard for me to do it in any concise way where you would still understand actually everything I'm talking about, so I don't know. I haven't decided. 
Meanwhile, I decided it was time for me to talk about the 2015 Quilty Resolution Challenge um, because it's New Year's Eve and you might be thinking about your resolution. Some of you I know have already blogged about yours, so hopefully my challenge will fit in nicely with things you've already decided. And if you haven't decided to do resolutions, then maybe I will be the inspiration. Um, and besides, it's just easier for me to do an episode about quilting because that's what I've been doing for nearly five years now. So... Let me talk a little bit first about, you know, here's the Sandy update about what I've been doing quilty-wise. Um, and then I'll talk about the quilty resolutions. I'll tell you how I got to what I'm going to challenge you for, and then the challenge itself. Um, first of all, I have not done a whole lot quilty-wise in the last couple of weeks, because I am still definitely in recovery mode. Um, as I mentioned in my last episode, the first half of the episode about Burma, I had a really bad reaction to malaria medications. So put that on top of normal jet lag stuff, and I am still definitely in recovery. Um, I went to the gym yesterday, and it did not end well. <laughs> I felt great when I started, and then hit a serious wall and almost couldn't get myself home, and realized, okay, yeah, my body is still definitely in recovery. Um I just started trying to sleep without sleeping pills because I started feeling like I was adjusted enough to the time zone. But as soon as I stopped using sleeping pills, I started having bizarre, nightmarish type dreams, which is apparently one of the side effects of malaria meds. So it's clearly still in my system, even though I stopped taking them, you know, a little over a week ago, about 10 days ago now, I guess. But having taken them for almost three weeks before that, I think... It's still going to take another week or so before my system is completely clear. So, and, you know, just a lot of weakness and just, fortunately, my digestive tract is fine. Um, I've also managed to not entirely gain back the seven pounds I lost while I was in Burma. I've managed to only gain back one, but if my daughter doesn't stop making stinking cookies, <laughs> it'll be, I have another week before I go back to work and things go back to normal. Um, anyway things are going okay. I am recovering. I am doing a lot better than I was. I just still have a little bit to go. And I am never taking malaria medication again. Uh, Quilty-wise, I am, as I mentioned in today's blog post, if you're up on my blog, I posted a couple of reviews of Craftsy classes that I had finished um, in the last week, one of which I had started watching actually before I left, and I finished watching it on flights back and forth to Myanmar, Burma. Um, and then did some practice in it when I got home. That was Angela Walter's uh, Free Motion Quilting with Feathers, I think is the official name of the class. And so I posted a review of that class on my blog yesterday. And I also reviewed one of the cooking classes, which is on Simple Soups from Scratch. That one I watched and then made grand total of, I think, three of the recipes already from the class. Um, just in the last few days, <laughs> I've been on a big soup kick lately. Uh, and so I posted a review of that in my blog yesterday as well. And then this morning, my final um, 2014 Quilty Resolution updates on my Craftsy classes uh, got posted. Um, and in that one, I mentioned that, yes, indeed, I am working on a new class that I just bought during their end of the year uh, big sale they were having on classes. It's Sue Spargo's Embroidering Texture and Dimension by Hand. And I was so excited when I saw this go on to Craftsy. If you recall, I've been doing a little bit of hand embroidery, um, you know, the kind of funky, whimsical style, not the really fussy, intricate style. Uh, over the last year, started with when I did Laura Wazilowski's, um fusing, hand-fused, hand collaged 
Quilts, I think is the name of that crafty class, and that was several months ago now. Um, and that one involves some hand embroidery. I also did Carol Ann Waugh's uh, Stitching Class, which the name is now escaping me, but again, review on my blog. That one involves decorative stitches on your machine, but it also involves some hand stitching, so I did some on that. And just decided I really wanted to do more. Um, I've loved Sue Spargo's work for a while. She does sort of a primitive, folky, felted wool stuff, although she also uses traditional fabrics. And I've always liked her vibe, but I've never done any of her patterns or designs. But then when I was um, in Lancaster, my friend Katie found, um, in a quilt shop that we visited, found that Sue Spargo had a, a book out on creative, it's called Creative Stitching, and it's her style of hand embroidery. And I used it, I bought it, it was kind of pricey, it's a $32 book, but it's really worth it, and it's spiral bound, and it's nice paper, that's part of why it's more expensive. Um, and I've already used it for reference a couple times, so when I saw that she had a class on Craftsy, I was really excited, and it didn't take me long to decide to buy it, even though I was really trying not to buy any more Craftsy classes. But I decided to go ahead and get that started this week, at least in terms of getting everything set up so that once I go back to work and my time is more limited, I'm able to then at that point just do the stitching, um, the hand stitching part of the class at night in front of the TV. And so this week I've been working on putting it together. Normally, the last several Craftsy classes I've done, I have not actually done the class project or I do my own version of the crafts, the class project. In this one, I decided to just go ahead and make it a little bit easier on myself and just do the class project because um, when she's trying to teach us certain stitches and that kind of thing, it'll just be easier for me to do it wherever she's suggesting we do it rather than me try to figure out how to mix that, you know, design-wise, where does this stitch fit best in my own project. So in, in some respects, in this case, doing the class project was sort of a gift for myself to actually get through this class more easily. Um, but I also, I, I like the class project. And so it's um, basically a series of butterflies, a bunch of butterflies on a background. But what I really like about it is the background. She does a layered background. So you do, um, you do a lot with the background before you even get to the butterflies. And it, so it's actually taking me a while to even get the prep work done <laughs> for this class project, um, which is, you know, it's nice to do that well. I'm on vacation this week. Um, I decided I really wanted to do use as much felted wool I already owned as possible rather than ponying up for the class kit, which you can buy through uh, Craftsy, which means uh, the wools I have on hand, um, most of which I haven't bought felted wool in a long time, so most of these are several years old. And they're not her her class project is really vibrant jewel tone colors which i love and were i to be buying felted wool today that's probably more what i would buy but what i had on hand was mostly um not quite a lot i do have some that's kind of colonial colors or um primary colors from early early on but the ones i really wanted to use you may remember if you're a long time listener way way back episode 45, in fact, and I'm now on 170, so that tells you it was somewhere early in my second year, I think, of podcasting. I interviewed one of my listeners who had contacted me. Her name is Erin Risberg, and her Etsy um, shop is Quilting Acres, and she also has a Facebook page, um, etc., Quilting Acres, and she hand dyes wool. 
um, and sells felted wool, and she sells it in a variety of sizes. Well, when I did the interview with her, she had sent me some samples uh, for work, and I just love the colors. They're the ones she sent me anyway. They're they're pastel colors, but they're saturated pastels. I mean, they're just really beautiful colors. And so I had her sample still. I had never um, found anything to use them in back. You know, I kind of stopped doing felted wool primarily after um, a few months after that interview. I wasn't doing much of it anymore. And so, but I never got, you know, I, I still love felted wool and I always intended to get back to it. So I pulled out her samples and I knew this is what I wanted to use. And then I found um, a piece of, of felted wool I had in sort of a cream off-white, white, kind of very, very light, well, it's kind of a grayish beige um, of the size that uh, Sue Spargo recommends for the background. And it works beautifully with these um, sample pieces I had from Erin. And Erin, the sample pieces she had sent me were big enough to do the butterfly template. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Started putting it together and realized I didn't actually have enough of the colored pieces to use for all the butterflies. So I went ahead and went back on... Um, Aaron's Etsy shop and bought another <laughs> sample pack of some more of the colors. And um, actually, I think I just ordered them Sunday night or no, must have been Monday night. I think I ordered them and I already got them today. So, wow. Um, kudos to you, Aaron, for fast shipping. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to get them until late this week. I thought I might get them over the weekend and just barely have time to put together the butterflies before um, I went back to work, but I've already got them today. So, um, I have to finish putting the background together and then you put all the, you do attach all the, um, butterflies to the background and then you do all the stitching. So I have all faith. I should be able to have everything put together by the end of my vacation. So that I'm at the point of doing the hand stitching at night in front of the TV. I think I probably have enough of the right kinds of colors of pearl cottons and embroidery threads and stuff to be able to do the stitching. I may end up ordering a little bit more of that. And I know um, Sue Spargo sells hand-dyed threads on her own website, so I might go there. I also really like uh, most of the threads I already have are from Laura Wazilowski's, um oh, it's called Art Fabrics, I think is her website, where she also sells her hand-dyed fabric and threads. Um, I could hand-dye my own, but it's, it's a long enough process, and I don't know that I have enough time <laughs> to do that. So at this stage, I'll probably just go ahead and order threads if I need them. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. The, the class um, on Craftsy, it's, this is going to be a, a more involved class than the last few I've done. Um, like I said, just doing the background itself is kind of a process. So it's not hard and it's really creative and really fun, but it's definitely going to take me longer than a lot of the classes I've done to date. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. Um, like I said, I already own her creative stitching book, Sue Spargo's creative stitching book. Uh, and I did review that in a previous episode. I did not look back at what episode that was. So you'll have to look it up yourself. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. But in reading some of the class comments and some of the questions I had that other people were asking in the Craftsy class, uh, Sue Spargo talked about a newer book she just recently came out with called Creative Texturing. And that book has more to do with how she does her layering, her backgrounds and the layering of fabrics on her applique pieces themselves. And I decided, you know what, I like her creative stitching book enough. I think I would probably really like her creative texturing book. So I went ahead and ordered that. And again, it's not a cheap book. I think it, I think I'm paying 
it's upwards of $30 all in, including shipping. Um, but it's a spiral-bound book. Again, the same really nice kind of paper that the stitching book is on. And if I use it even as much as I've used the stitching book, then it's well worth the money. So I'll talk about that when I actually get the book. Um, but I think that'll be helpful in terms of uh, finish. I'm hoping I get that book within the next day or two, too, so that I can reference it while I'm creating the background for this class. I will say that's the only thing I've run, and now I've only listened to the first lesson and a half of this class, but there are certain kinds of things that she kind of assumes you're going to know how to do, like applique. So if you've never done applique, you need to learn applique before you do this class. And then um, some other things that she's not super specific about, you just have to kind of figure it out yourself based on the images she shows of the class project and stuff. Um, so if if you're a complete rank beginner, I would say start somewhere else. But if you've done anything, I mean, I, I haven't done particularly in terms of embroidery. I've not done a lot. I've done more applique. Um, I'm having to kind of figure some things out as I go. But that being said, I'm really looking forward to getting into the stitching part of this. So that's that's what I'm mostly working on right now. The other thing I'm hoping to um, make a lot more progress on this week, and mind you, I'm now better than halfway done with my two-week vacation that I had all in um, after I got home from Burma. And... I just, I think I sat down at my sewing machine for the first time. Well, I did a little bit Saturday afternoon, but not much. I did a little bit more uh, Tuesday. I don't think I did anything Monday. I did a little bit more Tuesday. It's just really just getting back into the swing of things. Um, so now it's Wednesday, and I've only got like four days left. <laughs> I'm just starting to feel like, yeah, I could get something done now. Um I had started a very fast little project right before leaving on my trip uh, using the Missouri Star Quilt Company tutorial for a disappearing four patch and um, using a charm pack that I'd had in my stash for a long time. I got all the blocks made before I left. I need to square them up and piece them together. I want to get that done, you know, by Friday. And on Saturday, I'm planning on going to a quilt shop with my BFF BQF Katie in order to find border and backing fabric. I'm hoping to have the top of that finished before I go back to work and then all I'm going to have to you know I'm just going to quilt it in some way to practice an all-over design but not do anything particularly complicated and then I think that one's just going to stay on my shelf as an eventual baby gift for whoever has the next baby in the family I don't think I'm going to donate it we'll see how it turns out um, and how long it takes for the next baby to be conceived and born <laughs> you know if it's several years I'm probably not going to want this thing sitting on my shelf that long so we'll have to see so let's talk now about 2015 quilty resolutions um, first to lead into it let me talk about give you a summary of how I did on my 2014 resolutions um, if you recall I only had people set three resolutions and my three were, um, the first one was about craftsy classes. I really wanted to try to make headway in finishing up craftsy classes that I already owned. The second one had to do with my stash. I didn't set specific numerical goals. I just really wanted to focus on using my stash as much as possible. And then the third one was becoming more confident in machine quilting. So those are my three resolutions. In terms of the first one, Craftsy Class, um, classes, like I mentioned earlier, I already did a blog post today that gives all the numbers, gives the stats, tells you how many I finished, how many I still have to do, 
um, and what that means in terms of grand totals for 2014. I am really pleased. I did great. I did great on that one. Um, and what really made the difference for me on that was doing those monthly blog post updates because I knew at the end of every month I was going to have to report in. And I always, you know, in my mind, I also wanted to have at least one class finished to report on, if not more. Um, there were very few classes that I really just sort of watched for the sake of watching and called them done. For the most part, I really focused on getting them done. Um, I actually used... A, I don't know if you remember, if you're a longtime listener, back last January, I talked about apps that, um, calendar apps and trying to find the right calendar app for me that would keep track of my quilting and personal life as opposed to my work life. Um, cause I use Outlook for work, but I didn't want to clutter up my Outlook work calendar with all sorts of personal stuff. And so I started using an app called Life Topics, T-O-P-I-X. And I talked about that last, I think it was January, sometime in January, I, I talked about that app. Well, I used that app and it really did help. Um, you can create checklists in it and put the checklist on your calendar so that reminders come up, etc. So every time I start to do a Craftsy class, I make a checklist for it and each lesson is one of the items on the checklist. And then I always have, you know, either try at least one recipe or try one technique or do the project or whatever is appropriate for that class. And I decide, you know, would be enough for me to really learn something from the class. Um, and then the last item was always post the review on my blog. And so I would, every time I was working on a class, I would check things off as I got them done. And that helped keep me organized and on track. Um, you know, sure, there were, there were classes that I would schedule to have done at a certain time, and I'd have to move them a month or move them two months. You know, they took longer than I expected. But it still just kept me organized and on track. And then, of course, the other thing, like I said, was, was posting on my blog. And so that really held me accountable. And so I'm very, very pleased with where I ended up. And I really feel like I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I cannot say enough about the Craftsy platform. I had done Quilt University. I've done other online stuff. And of course, I've taken a lot of in-person classes. Nothing beats an in-person class. I will always say that. Um, but I've, you know, I've tried to do from books and magazines and all that kind of stuff. I really love the Craftsy platform. It is the best online learning platform I've ever experienced. Um, and so I'll continue to do crafty classes, even though it's not going to be a resolution for me in 2015. Um, I'm just going to keep doing them. I will probably keep doing the monthly updates just to keep myself kind of on track. Like I said, that that really helped keep me motivated. Um, I'll certainly keep doing the reviews on the blog because I think it's very helpful. I know a lot of folks have ended up buying classes or deciding not to buy a class based on my reviews, so I will keep doing that. Um, but again, it's not going to be a resolution for 2015, but if you're curious about how I did on it, just look at my blog post today, December 31st, I, I listed my year end summary. Um, in terms of my stash, I never kept spreadsheets. I knew I wasn't going to the way some other folks do. I don't assess, you know, quantity and quantity out. I just keep a visual. I can see my stash lives on open shelves. I have nothing in, um, you know, opaque bins or in other rooms. It's all in one place, one set of shelves. I can see it even right now from where I'm sitting. And so I can see how tall the stacks are and how much I have to squeeze fabric into the shelf or not. Um, some of the stacks, some of the colors have gone down a little bit. Other ones I ended up adding to because I bought some fabric for projects that I didn't end up, either I'd never finished the project or I didn't end up getting the stuff done. One thing I didn't do 
really much at all this year was buy fabric just for fabric's sake. I rarely went to a store and just said, oh, that's pretty, let me buy it. You know, just a couple times, but not nearly what I've done in the past. And that's something that hand dyeing has done for me. I've been much more interested in buying PFD, plain muslin fabric that I could dye, than I have been in buying commercial fabric. So I haven't added much to my stash. I haven't used as much of my stash as I would like. But I'm kind of at the point where I look at my stash few times when I've been working on new projects, I've looked at my stash and said, I'm not really interested in using a lot of these fabrics anymore. So, and I've talked about this on this podcast before, so I won't spend a lot of time. I'm at a point where I'm trying to decide if I should just off a lot of my stash. Um, try to sell it, try to use it in giveaways, donate it, I don't know. But there's a lot of fabric that's been on my stash, on my shelves for a few years. Perfectly good fabric It's not that I'm looking at it saying ugly fabric. It's just not, you know, it's perfectly good. And a lot of it's very pretty, which is why I haven't gotten rid of it before. Um, It's just, it's not the kind of quilting I'm really doing anymore. And I don't like to manufacture projects just to use fabric. I'd far prefer to have fabric that inspires me for projects rather than trying to, oh my God, I got to get rid of some of the stash. Let me try to use it. So that's something I'm going to have to come to terms with in 2015. What do I want to do? You know, I could probably easily get rid of at least half the fabric on my shelves and not entirely miss it um, when it's gone. So that's, I I really have to think that through. Um, That being said, you know, I would say if I did count up yardage in, yardage out, I'm probably higher on the yardage out. I have not added as much fabric as I've used but it's not a huge difference. It's it's probably mostly, you know, in terms of commercial fabric, most of what was there at the start of 2014 is still there <laughs> at the end of it. So I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do about that. In terms of my third resolution, machine quilting, um, I definitely feel far more confident in it than I did before. All those craftsy classes have paid off. I am still far from proficient. Um, some of that is simple, you know, I don't have the kind of natural hand-eye coordination for some of that kind of stuff. There are some people that sit down, practice a couple times, and immediately really turn out good-looking stuff. You know, they post stuff on blogs. Um, It takes me a little bit more work. I'm better in my head than I am with my hands. (laughs) Let me write something, I'm all over it. Let me try to machine quilt. It's, It's a little bit trickier for me. But I'm far more confident, and I have gotten better at it. So it's it's really just practice, practice, practice. Um, over the next few months, I have a lot of UFOs that I do need to and want to complete. So um, And they're pretty much all at the same stage of needing quilting. Uh, so I will be putting to good use everything that I've learned in all of these craftsy classes, and I'll be getting more practice under my belt. So um, I, I just feel like this year was a good turning point for me in terms of my confidence level if nothing else. I'm far more willing to say, okay, I can do this. You know, I can sit down and machine quilt this. It may not be perfect. It may not be show quality, but I'm not afraid of it the way I was before. And that was my main goal. So that's how I did on my 2014 resolutions. So looking to 2015, um, while I was on those flights back (laughs) and forth from Miyama, although I'd I'd already kind of thought through what I was going to do before I left, but I really focused on it for a few hours there to decide, is this really what I wanted to do in 2015? And yep, it is. I have, you know, sure, I've got a lot of UFOs I want to get done. I could make a list, and I probably should make a list again, just in terms of accountability, but that, 
that doesn't feel like a resolution I want to make. Um, sure, I want to use more stash, but I don't want to start keeping a spreadsheet because part of me feels like that takes longer than it does just to use the stash. And sure, there are more skills I would like to become comfortable with, but none of that felt to me like stuff I wanted to do for actual resolutions. I like my resolutions to feel like something special and significant. What is something I could do that would really feel like it makes a difference to me? And what kept coming back to mind was one thing. There is something I have wanted to do for several years, and I just haven't ever done it. And it's monthly journal quilts. Um, I was first introduced to journal quilts back the first time I went to Houston with my mother, which I think if I recall was 2006. And they had one of their special exhibits that year was their journal quilt project. And I loved, I spent so much time in that exhibit compared to the rest of the show. And they had a book and I bought the book on journal quilts. It's a beautiful book. It was pretty expensive and it was really big and very heavy in my suitcase. But I spent, you know, pretty much most of my free hours back in my room during that conference reading that um, book. And I've pulled it out a few times since. I love the idea of doing the journal quilts and so ever since then I've always wanted to do it and I've just never done it so in 2015 my quilty resolution is to do one journal quilt a month now what makes a quilt a journal quilt first of all they're always small for the Houston journal quilt project I think they were eight by ten I think they, they had a specific size because it had to be able to fit in a mailing envelope and get mailed in so they're, but in, in my terms, they're just always going to be small. I'll choose some size, you know, that feels like it'll be workable. And I will keep it as a consistent size because that kind of becomes part of, part of the challenge or part of the design thing that you get used to working on a particular size canvas and what that means for you in terms of design and composition. Um, journal quilts can be interpreted in a lot of ways. And they, they were in that exhibit and in the book, you'll see some people use them to explore concepts um, or symbolic things or things from their life, you know, each month that were going on. Other people used them to explore design principles or elements or color theory or particular techniques or whatever. You, you use them for whatever you want to use them for. I think I'm going to use mine specifically for design and techniques. Um, you know, I don't always have enough significant happen to me in any given month <laughs> to say, well, this month I'm going to do a, you know, journal quilt on this really significant moment um, or even the mundane moments. I think that would, to me, become more of a burden to try to come up with something every month that felt meaningful and significant. So instead, I'm just going to I'm going to approach it more playfully and do something that would, you know, maybe I'll choose an element of design, maybe I'll play with color combinations, maybe I'll play with a technique, maybe it will be a thematic thing, um, or it might just be something, you know, some goofy image that comes to me for fun, for example, the chicken butt series. Um, I am still, you know, we still have our design study group that I started a couple years back in my quilt guild. There are still several of us who are going strong, and so my journal quilts might end up being my design study group homework, you know, any given month. Um, and I will always blog them, so that's how I'm going to hold myself accountable, is every month I will have something to post in terms of this resolution, my journal quilts. But that's going to be my one and only resolution for 2015, to do it once a month journal quilt. So given that, extricate, ex, extra, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't come up with it right now. Um, 
pulling from that a thread of meaning that I can then share with you in terms of how am I challenging you for the 2015 resolution. Just like I thought through what is one thing I've always wanted to do that I hadn't done yet and making that my resolution, I'm going to say to you, what is one thing that you've really wanted to do for at least some particular length of time, whether it's been as many years as mine, whether it's just been the last six months, you kept thinking, you know, I'd really like to do X, Y, or Z in terms of quilt making and or fiber arts. I will open that up to fiber arts in general, textile arts. Um, what is one thing you've really wanted to do that you've just not made the time to do? That's gonna be your resolution for 2015. For me, again, journal quilts, a monthly journal quilt. What is it for you? What is the one thing, one quilty thing you've always wanted to do, or at least for some prolonged period of time of your own definition, that's been nagging at the back of the head and you've just never made time to do it. What is that thing that you will decide to do in 2015? It may be like mine, something that's kind of an ongoing project through the year. It might be a skill. It might be a technique. It might be, I've always wanted to go to Houston and I've just never done it. So I'm going to go to Houston this year. So it might be, you know, a convention or a conference or a, a quilt shop hop in your region or, you know, something, whatever. However you define it, one thing you've really wanted to do for at least some particular length of time in terms of quilty, textile, fiber, fiber arts that you've just not made the time to do before. And that's your resolution. Now, the other part of this um, that can also be part of the challenge, but I'm not necessarily going to require it. I really liked the year that I did the word of the year. And this is based on several other people do words of the year. Um, and I actually got inspiration from it from Sandy of Quilt Command Corner because she was doing it for a few years there running. Um, I'm going to have a word of my, the year again this year and my word's going to be experimentation. Um, I just want to experiment with different things. I'd have to, I don't remember what it was when I did it. I did it two years ago. I had everybody do a word of the year and I don't remember what my word was that year. I, I'm going to have to look back and I know it had something, it was similar. It was something to do about being playful or uninhibited. I don't remember exactly what it was, but this year it's going to be experimentation. I want to do a lot of experimenting with different kinds of things. And that word actually fits well with journal quilts because I can experiment in my journal quilts with very low commitment, low risk. So I'm also going to ask you if there is a word you would like to live by in your quilting life in 2015, go ahead and share that as well. Um, it's not going to necessarily be part of the challenge. I'm just curious. Um, and because like I said, I got a lot play. That was my word. <laughs> I just remembered it because I pictured something I did with, with that word. Um, my word two years ago was play. This year, it's experimentation. So for the 2015 Quilty Resolution, what is one thing you've really wanted to do for at least some particular length of time that you've just not made to time to do? That is what you need to tell me in order to be entered into my annual resolution giveaway. And the second part of it, if you would choose to, this is optional, do you have a word that you want to live by in 2015? I will, as I've been doing the last few years, I'll have a form on my blog that you can fill out with your 2015 resolution entry. And then I'm also going to do a rafflecopter um, giveaway just because that's easier for me to track in terms of entries. And I will try to have that blog up. I won't have it done today because it's New Year's Eve and we're going out, but I will have it up. Um, I'll try to get it up tomorrow. And the deadline for all entries will be January 31st. 
So in early February, I will do a drawing for the prize. The prize will be four fat quarters. And heck, I might also throw in some fabrics for my stash, <laughs> as per my previous comments about my stash. Um, haven't decided about that. So anyway, again, there will be a form on my blog sometime in the next couple of days for you to fill out with your own resolution entries. It will be open until January 31st, and then I will do the drawing um, of the winner slash possible winners in uh, early February to win some fat quarters and possibly fabric from my stash. One thing you've really wanted to do for at least some particular length of time that you've just not made the time to do. That is the main challenge. Mine? Journal quilts. I'm looking forward to getting started. Um, I guess that's it. Let me look at my listener feedback and see whether I can do it for this episode. Hang on. Okay, since it had been a while since I had done listener feedback, even on the last couple of episodes before I posted, I have a lot, so I'm not going to be able to respond directly to everybody. But I tried to sort out a, a handful of those of people who had emailed me particular questions or information that I want to share with you. So um, Carol had emailed me, this was back in the middle of November, who had talked about the MQX East conference and wondered whether I was on the mailing list for it. I'm, I think I'm on the mailing list for that one. Um, I'm on the, the mailing list for most quilt conferences. And um, But she said, uh, Carol had told me there was a class during that event taught by Andrea Brokenshire who does painting, painting on silk, and her work was incredible, and she wanted me to know about the class. Unfortunately, I'm not able to go to that event. It's, um, let me scroll down and see if I can find the name. Um, it's April 9th through 11th, 2015. Our classes begin Wednesday, April 8th, and unfortunately, I'm out of town for a speaking engagement <laughs> right during those days, so I'm not able to do it. But thank you very much for the recommendation, and I'll have to check out her work and look at it. I love... Um, silk painting. I have not done any of that yet because I'm not a good enough artist to actually paint pictures. I can do colors and geometric stuff, but actual things that are supposed to look like something, not so much. Um, Tammy commented on episode 168 in which I have Visa Will Travel. She said, thank you for the Serial podcast recommendation. That's the podcast named Serial. I am enjoying it. I love it. I'm now a couple episodes behind, so no spoilers. I l caught up with what had been posted before I went to Burma. I caught up on all those episodes during the flight to Myanmar, but I have not listened to any since I've been back. So don't tell me what's going on. Um, thank you to Delwyn, who commented on one of my thir Thinking About It Thursday posts. Um, she is a relatively new reader, I believe. Well, no, she says she's been meaning to contact me for ages. <laughs> And she hasn't. So Delwyn is a lurker, but she said she loves all things whimsical, crooked and off-center, houses, trees, etc. Therefore, we'll be challenged with the little triangles that she's um, looking at in Scrappitude. She is contemplating doing it, but she's procrastinating at present. So all I can say, Delwyn, is um, jump on board because the new Charlotte will be starting up with the um, cutting instructions for Scrappitude and just for the new Scrappitude in just a couple more weeks on her blog. Uh, and by the way, Delwyn, Delwyn is another New Zealander. So, gee, do you and Ms. Lottie know each other? Does everybody in New Zealand know each other? Although at least the quilting community is probably slightly smaller than the entire population of New Zealand. Um, but Anyway, it's always fun to hear from people in other countries because then I get to feel, you know, so international and I know what's going on in other parts of the world. It's really fun. Um, 
Let's see. Mary commented on my blog post in which I did the Craftsy Class review on Strip Your Stash with Nancy Smith, um, which I decided is a class that I'm not going to be using anytime soon, but it is good to know her technique for future reference, and it would be a great way to use up some of my stash fabrics. And um, Mary went in to check out the class based on my review and looked at the class project quilts, and she said it's very tempting to start another work in progress. So Mary, if you do end up doing it, I would love to see pictures because, like I said, it's a neat technique, um, similar to strip quilts, only more intentional. That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. Uh, so it would be fun to see what other people do using the technique. Thank you to Lauren for commenting on episode 169 in which I do embroidery. Um, I talked about Boxing Day and how I could vaguely remember somebody from Canada telling me it was like a Black Friday shopping day. Uh, so Lauren is from Canada. She says, I don't know about all of Canada, but the part where I habitually spend Christmas, which is rural Alberta, does not go into a shopping frenzy that day. In fact, most stores are closed. It's a day for families to do stuff together. The cities may do it differently, but I like the way we do it better, which, here, here, I agree. Anytime we can close stores and make people spend time together as a family, that is, of course, presuming they have a happy family. Um, but she goes on to say, The recent addition to Canadian life that completely baffles me is Black Friday. Canadian Thanksgiving is mid-October, around the same time that... Oh, I'm sorry, Lauren is not from Canada. She just goes there for holidays. Uh, she says... Canadian Thanksgiving is mid-October around the same time that we celebrate Columbus Day, so the fourth Friday in November is just another Friday. But the retailers have grabbed hold of it, especially those that have U.S. connections and are making it just as crazy in Canada as it is here. Um, she said, uh, then she talked about my trip, and she said, I hope your long flights have the feature that my last trip to Alberta did, which, which was a plug at every seat where you can recharge your electronics. There was also Wi-Fi in the plane. And yes, there was. That was one of the other things I loved about Singapore Airlines. There were USB ports in the back of the seat so you could charge your stuff on the plane, which was very nice. There was Wi-Fi on the plane, too, but it was pricey and I didn't want to bother, so I didn't do that. But um, yes, I was able to recharge, which was very nice. So thank you for your email, Lauren. Sorry, I ended up completely confusing where you were from and where you were visiting <laughs> as I was reading it. But anyway, a little bit of information there. Um Linda had emailed me on my blog post about a couple of finishes in a w, uh, work in progress whip in which I cost to talk, talked about hand embroidery. She said, let us know what craftsy classes you find that will cover hand embroidery. After I took the Carol Ann Wall class that you recommended, I enjoyed the hand stitches so much I wanted to take another class that would expand my hand embroidery skills and I couldn't find anything. And I did email Linda back. There's actually two or three hand embroidery classes. There's also a couple of machine embroidery classes on um, Craftsy. Unfortunately, I didn't pull up the email I sent her back with the list, but there's the Sue Spargo class that I've already talked about, but there's a couple others on hand embroidery. So if you just go into um, Craftsy and just search embroidery, you'll find several. Again, some of them are machine embroidery, but there are two or three hand embroidery classes. So um, I do, I have the other ones on my wish list too. I do plan on taking them, I think, but I wanted to do the Sue Spargo one first. Uh, next, thank you to Carolyn, um, who emailed me on one of my latest blogs, and she wanted to wish me safe travels. Thank you. Uh, and she said, my friend bid on a scarf dyeing class at the local art center for four at a fundraiser and won it. 
And so the four of them um, took that class last week, and she sent me pictures of the scarves they dyed. Uh, she said, we had a wonderful afternoon. I can see how a person could get the fever. So thank you, um, Carolyn, and I hope you're still doing some dying, maybe. Uh, she goes on to say she considers all of the podcasting ladies some of her best friends. So we're basically all in her house having coffee with her every week. Isn't that fun? <laughs> thank you, Carolyn. Uh, she also sent me pictures of um, some, looks like two and a half inch strip tote bags that she made for all of her girls last Christmas, and it has the subject line, Jenny made me do it, so I believe that's probably quilting Jenny, <laughs> and she blames you for making her do all those tote bags. Um, Carrie is a new listener, at least uh, she was new in November when she sent me this email, and so she's emailed me um, a couple times now, And but I have to, and I got her permission to share, your, share this story with you. She said, a funny, a sort of funny side story. I also make my 12-year-old daughter listen to podcasts on the way to school. We had a conversation the other day while listening to one of yours where I said, this woman is so cool, I wish she were my friend in real life. How come I can't find people like her to be friends with? My daughter said, because cool people like her are introverts, mama. You could clearly hear the duh in her voice. Then a couple of podcasts later, you mentioned being an introvert, and she was very happy to be vindicated. <laughs> so. I had to laugh. I was like, yes, introverts are cool. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> so I am a big fan of her daughter now. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for that email. She does go on to say she actually does have a group of very talented and creative women friends. Um, and she said that we would fit right in, except for the fact that I don't like to knit. Apparently she knits with these friends. Um and she also asked if I'd checked out Ravelry, which I do actually have a Ravelry account. I've never posted. I, I made myself a Ravelry account uh, several years ago just so I could see what a friend of mine was doing. Um, but I really should go back in and look at it again because I know they do a lot of, um, they have a lot of spinning and uh, yarn dyeing forms too. Again, not a knitter. Never, well, I should never say never because, you know, who knows when I retire what I might, what shenanigans I might get up to. Um, but really, no interest in knitting at this stage of life. Um, let's see, she also, she emailed me back later to say uh, she spins too, but very badly. And I loved this line. Everything off my wheel pretty much looks like cat hairballs. <laughs> I feel you, Carrie. <laughs> I get that. That's so fun. Um so anyway, she's given me her Ravelry information, and I'll be checking you out. Um, I had actually listened to one of Very Lazy Daisy's episodes on the flight on the way to Burma. So as soon as I got into my hotel, I emailed her because I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember which episode this was. It would have been sometime in November because I was listening to it on November 29th. And she had actually not called me out. She had referenced me on her podcast about some fabric she had found for hand dyeing that she thought I had to know about. And so I had to email her to say, what was the name of the fabric again? Because I didn't get it. And so she emailed me back and it's called Osnaberg. So yes, Daisy, I will be checking that out now that I'm actually awake enough to use the internet. Um, <laughs> I will be checking that out and looking into it for dyeing and enjoyed your podcast as always. Um, Thank you to Sherry Spins, who commented on, now we're a little bit sooner in time, she commented on episode 170A, uh, in which I'm back from Burma Textile Mix that I just posted a few days ago, and she said, as one who, was, who has woven, 
I was sitting there telling you that you had warp and weft correct, then being surprised that the other term you knew was heddle. (laughs) You know what? You can thank my dad for the fact that I know anything about weaving. I always say that in my growing up years, my parents took us through craft epochs, E-P-O-C-H-S. There were every couple of years or so, there would be some craft or art that they would get us into and we would do it kind of wholeheartedly. They'd get all the tools for it and everything and then we'd move on to the next one. We did rock tubbling and jewelry designing and jewelry making and we did um, spinning pots. My dad actually made this big old uh, spinning wheel in the basement that you had to get moving by feet but it was a big cement block so once that thing got moving I was only like 10 years old there was no way I was getting it stopped so I didn't do a whole lot of um, of uh, pot spinning and we did my dad actually we started with leather tooling and then my dad decided he wanted to tan his own leather we had one cow at a time that we used for I lived on a very small subsistence farm just enough for our family one cow at a time Um, And there was the infamous year that he decided to tan his own leather. And let me say, that is not something you want to do in the basement. (laughs) It's dunked I haven't. Anyway, so this was the family I grew up in. Um, My dad really got into weaving at one point, and he built himself a loom. And so during that period, um, every time we went to museums, you know, living history museums or that kind of thing, he would be all over the, the weaving. So that's where I learned about warp weft and heddles. Um, but you know, that was also 30, 40 years ago now, and I don't always reliably remember everything, but apparently when I talked about the warp and the weft in the last episode, I did have them correct. And that was very exciting. Um, let's see. Thank you to Rose, who also commented on episode 170 in which I'm back from Burma textile mix. She said she loved hearing about the textiles and the weaving. She bought a rigid heddle loom a couple of months ago, and she's learning to weave. She says, a young woman in my workshop has made a backstrap loom and done some amazing weaving on it. She says, I have an ankle weaving workshop next month, too. I'm not sure what ankle weaving is. Is it supposed to be ankle weaving or is it really ankle weaving? I don't know what that is. That's an unfamiliar term to me. So, Rose, you're going to have to email me back. Um, And she says, meanwhile, she's really been enjoying a machine applique class at her local sewing shop. Can't find enough hours, she says. I feel you on that too, Rose. So um, send me pictures of what you're weaving and explain more to me about inkle weaving. Um, Carrie, oh, who I've already talked about, she also emailed me just in the last couple days and she asked um, on my blogs, whenever I say something about using a Craftsy link on my blog and it supports my link, she says she wants a class. How does she know, how does she go about connecting my site to the class? All you have to do, if you would like to help support my podcast and blog through uh, my Craftsy affiliate, just go to any of my, well, actually, my blog has a permanent link to Craftsy on the right-hand side. If you just click on that and go through the Craftsy, it'll automatically log you into your own account if you already have one, or you will just sign into your account. If you don't already have one, you can set one up there, and then just when you buy the class, I get the credit for it as long as you start out through my website. So that's all you have to do. And any of the links, you know, even if you follow one of the links to a particular class, as long as it sends you to the Craftsy site, then whatever you, you know, wherever you go from there, um, the affiliate will come to me. So thank you very much for thinking about that and, and wanting to support my podcast and blog. I really appreciate that. I want to say thank you. A whole bunch of people had sent me um, well wishes for safe travels and an enjoyable trip. I want to say thank you to all of them. 
And like I said, I have a lot of comments that I'm just not able to um, get to right now, but I was reading all of them when I could actually get on the internet. <laughs> it was really sketchy while I was in Myanmar. And even the worst time was when we were up in Michina. We were supposed to have Wi-Fi in the hotel, but I got on it once successfully for all of about three minutes and long enough to text my husband a couple of times. And then I lost it again. That was the only time I ever was able to get on the internet the whole time we were um, up in Michina, which, which was most of the last week we were there. Um, so although I could often read emails that were coming through to me or comments that were coming through to me, I, I rarely could actually respond. It would always hitch up. So it was fun for me to read and stay in touch with what was happening back in my other life while I was gone. Um, again, don't forget to enter my 2015 Quilty Resolution Challenge, and I will have that blog post up in the next couple days. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about the rest of my trip. Um, in any sort of length of time that people would actually want to listen to. So have, I'm, I hope you all had a wonderful 2014. I hope um, those of you who haven't already celebrated New Year's Eve and are looking towards celebrating New Year's Eve, I hope you have a safe um, celebration and a joyous one. And blessings going into 2015. May your sewing machine always hum, your thimble always protect your fingers, and may the hours to spend quilting and sewing and playing with textiles and fibers just fall into your lap in the coming year. And until next time. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't end yet because you need to know how to get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can, how else can you get in touch with me? I'm sorry, I have to look at my list. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, and Flickr, all of those places. I'm Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Please do love seeing your pictures. I try to comment on them when I can. And you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you can find links for all of those things at my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Don't forget to join the challenge. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.